for joining Inside the Room with myself, State Representative Brandon McGee, where we discuss politics, leadership, and culture. During this week's episode, we will discuss the deaths of uh, women from the Asian community and what instances have led up to last week's tragedy. We will also discuss leading women throughout our entertainment and government that are literally making history right before our eyes. So join me in gathering people from all walks of life to step inside the room in efforts to gain perspective on how we can educate and uplift our communities. As always, I seek uh, to preface preface our our discussion with a quote and or a phrase, but in this case, a quote uh, that embodies the components or important components of uh, this particular episode. Um, One that I really feel uh, that is poignant for uh, today's segment uh, will um, be highlighted from the amazing, the incomparable, First Lady Michelle Obama. And if you were following my Instagram uh, story, my daughter, she literally took a picture in front of uh, Mrs. Obama and she put up her little heart and she's like, I love her. And I'm like, you know who she is? She's like, oh, Bima, Obama. I'm like, yeah, she got it. You're close. But here's the quote. Here's the quote. In light of women's history, no country can ever truly flourish if it stifles the potential of its women and deprives itself of the contributions of half of its citizens. First Lady Michelle Obama. Again, as we continue to celebrate Women's History Month, it is key that we recognize the contributions that women have made in our society, all women. It is only then can we fully acknowledge their plight and embrace their influence while mobilizing a nation. It's real simple. We don't isolate one group from another. And when we're talking about our women, let's make sure we are uplifting them while we do it. I think this is a great segue uh, into um, sort of the first story uh, that we wanted to unpack uh, here inside the room. Uh, And it's a very unfortunate uh, story. Um, If you've been watching any news, uh, I was kind of glued into NBC News and CNN and some other platforms. Um, There was something very unfortunate that took place in the state of Georgia. Uh, There was a shooting last week on Tuesday or maybe even Monday evening. Um, Authorities in the state of Georgia uh, arrested um, a white man, Robert Aaron Long, uh, late Tuesday night after a series of, of shootings that left eight people dead. Okay, eight people dead, six of whom were Asian women because I want you to say their names. I want you to uplift their names and continue to keep all eight of the individuals in prayer, their families in prayer rather. Uh, But I I wanna specifically 
uh, highlight in this episode the six Asian women uh, whose lives were taken uh, because of hate in the Atlanta area. And, you know, these, these shootings, quite frankly, they come after uh, amid a series of other attacks against people of Asian descent um, in the United States. And I want to read this because I think it's extremely important that you understand that this just didn't happen overnight. Um, the group Stop AAPI Hate, which is Stop Hate Against Asian American Specific Islander Communities, called the shootings, and I quote, an unspeakable tragedy for the Asian community. They also cited, there has been a documented pattern of recent attacks against our community, as we have received nearly 3,800 reports of hate incidents across the country since March of 2020. I want to pause there because even before 2020, we're all reminded of number 45 and how he incited uh, hate toward a lot of different groups, but specifically the Asian community. And I would dare say even as we um, embarked upon this pandemic that we are now a year in, um, number 45 also made some really weird accusations uh, that was completely unfair to many of our Asian uh, family and friends, uh, inciting, insinuating, you know, they might be responsible for uh, these types of diseases. He meant COVID, but he's not smart enough to even understand that. But nonetheless, I, I digress. Uh, not enough has, has been done in, in my perspective to protect Asian Americans from heightened uh, levels of hate, discrimination, as well as violence. Um, but uh, uh, what I really want to highlight, and, and this is another important point, a separate study revealed that the use of quote unquote China virus language to refer to the coronavirus, particularly by uh, the GOP officials and conservative outlets, um, has already resulted in a shift in how many people in the U.S. perceive uh, Asian Americans because of their rhetoric. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a group of leaders driving this narrative that this particular group are the ones who are responsible for the China virus. This is why we have to come inside the room, y'all, and we have to talk about this stuff. We have to call it for what it is. It's hate, it is racist commentary, and it's unfair to a group of people who don't deserve uh, this type of treatment. The significant uptick in discriminatory coronavirus speech that occurred on March 8th, the day Representative Paul uh, Gozar, a Republican from Arizona, tweeted uh, about the Wuhan virus, which coincided uh, with the then Secretary of State, uh, Mike Pompeo's interview the day before on Fox and Friends, in which he referred, and I wanna read this correctly, to the China virus, was followed by a rapid refusal of decade-long decline in anti 
Asian bias. What am I saying for those that are listening? This type of behavior is being encouraged by our top officials. Now, I could probably go down a really, really important rabbit hole and talk to you about the experiences of other uh, minority groups, but I digress. I think it's important that you understand that the six Asian women whose lives were taken, literally, I, from my perspective, Brandon McGee's perspective was not a coincidence. And it also doesn't help that we're seeing on social media, the sheriff and, and this guy, Mr. Long, let me make sure I have his name right. Cause I want to make sure y'all understand Robert Aaron Long was being held and coddled by officials. Oh, maybe he had a bad day, a bad day. A bad day is I have a headache and I'm going to go home and I'm going to relax, not pick up a gun and kill people. I was looking at someone's Instagram and um, this commentator was literally highlighting the lives of the six Asian women. And one of them, I can't remember which of them, they were actually out with their husband celebrating a night away from the kids and just wanted to relax. Unfortunately, the husband Actually, unfortunately, the wife didn't make it. The husband made it, but he was there and he heard his wife being gunned down and killed literally in front of him. Could you imagine? All in the name of hate. Could you imagine? I can't. I can't. There are some statistics on um, increased violence against Asian communities. And, and I think it's important that we just take a moment and unpack this and educate you as much as we possibly can so that we're not operating in ignorance. So there's an analysis of police departments. Um, there are statistics that has revealed that the United States experienced, again, a significant hike in anti-Asian hate crimes last year across major cities. The analysis also released uh, by the Center for the Study of Hate and Extremism at California State University, San uh, Bernardino, uh, this month examined uh, hate crimes in 16 of Americans or America's, excuse me, largest cities. <laughs> I, I, Listen, even as I'm reading these numbers, it is so disheartening that we're still faced with this type of behavior in 2021, okay? Um, from, from 2019 to 2020, the overall hate crime rate declined while hate crimes, listen to this, targeting Asians increased. From three to 28, in New York and seven to 15 in Los Angeles. Yo, what are we doing? And the reality in all of this, I can only attribute this emboldened behavior by sort of the direction of 
you all's former president, number 45. Doesn't deserve a name on my show, or our show for that matter. And lastly, which is something very important to me, anytime we have these conversations and you allow me to kind of weigh in on them and give my, um, my commentary on you know the facts and then how important it is for us to support, um, I have a call to action uh, to, for all of you that are watching, that might be listening on Spotify or listening to us on FUBU Radio. We stream live every Monday at four o'clock. Here's how you can support the Asian community. And this is not just for Atlanta, Georgia. This is for Connecticut. It's for Texas, New York, Los Angeles, Detroit, wherever you are. Here's how we can support the Asian, Asian community. There are seven ways to be exact. Volunteer uh, for local uh, for your local community. You can contact community organizations that are working uh, with uh, the Asian uh, community where many of these attacks might be happening or you can donate financially to the cause. Uh, one of, I think, the obvious, but most times it's not the obvious. Sometimes we turn our face, our head toward things or from things that we know are, are, might be wrong. But I want you to immediately report all incidents of hate, especially hate toward the Asian community. Another one is enroll in um, a bystander intervention training. There might be an opportunity when you, where you are literally witnessing this thing right before your eyes. There are trainings um, uh, on how to stop harassment as a bystander, um, as a holla back, uh, and Asian Americans advancing justice have teamed up to do uh, an hour-long bystander intervention to stop anti-Asian uh, American harassment and xenophobia workshops. I know that's a mouthful, so we'll be sure to have this stuff listed on all social media platforms. Another thing, check on your friends. Check on your friends, your friends who might be of Asian descent. Check on them. Pick up the phone, text them, inbox them on your, on your smartphones. Make sure you do that. Another is to donate. You can also support AAPI. And again, uh, those acronyms uh, stand for Stop Hate Against Asian American Pacific, excuse me, Islander uh, communities. Please support them. Uh, the last two uh, is, or rather the last one, is to keep the conversation going. Engaging in difficult conversations with an open mind is also one of the most helpful ways to show solidarity uh, to this specific or particular community, but in all communities that might experience discrimination and hate. So again, we're praying for the families who have lost their loved ones at the hands of Mr. Long. Well, Beyonce, she strikes again. <laughs> and I know all of you folks that are a part of the high. Well, you know what? Hold on a second. We have a, a fan here. Can you just tell me how to how to 
accurately say her fan base. What is it called? The, the, the Beehive. It's called the Beehive. Excuse me. I stand corrected. All right. So uh, Beyonce Knowles, she makes history with the 28th Grammy. Beyonce has set a new record, y'all, uh, at the Grammy Awards with her 28th win. She is now the most awarded female in Grammy's history over uh, taken bluegrass singer Allison Carras. Cross, thank you. Sometimes you need a little help saying his name. It's all right. Allison Cross. I don't even know who she is, by the way. So, uh, Beyonce, you go, girl. You go, girl. I'm really, really proud of you. Um, and love, would love to have you on the show. You and the Beehive. Y'all come on through, even if you want to drop a line to say, I am Beyonce and I am inside the room with state representative Brandon McGee. I would love it. Like, that would be so dope. So anyway, um, let me just give you a couple facts. So she's received, Beyonce, 28 Grammy Awards, the most by any female artist. Like, is that more than Tina Turner? Wow. Drop the mic, B. Drop the mic. 79 Grammy nominations, the most by any female artist. Six Grammy uh, wins in one night, a record for female artists matched only by Adele, which is another favorite of mine. Adele, you are more than welcome to be a part of this. Seven Grammys uh, for, uh, consec for uh, consecutive albums, a record that she shares with three other artists and groups but Beyonce didn't only make history, y'all. Her whole family, the entire family did. The royal family of music all won honors on Sunday. Jay-Z picked up his 23rd Grammy, sharing the best rap song win with his wife since uh, he co-wrote Savage and their daughter. Their daughter? What? Okay, <laughs> nine-year-old Blue Ivy Carter who won uh, for best music video. Oh, I did, I remember that. Alongside her mommy, Beyonce, became the second youngest honoree to win a Grammy in the show's 63 year history. So again, if we can get some clapping up for Beyonce uh, and her entire family, Jay-Z and the Beyonce children, um, congratulations. We salute you, madam. Uh, during this uh, Women's History Month. And uh, there are so many black and brown girls and all girls uh, that look up to you. So keep shining, keep rocking. And again, you're welcome to joining uh, us inside the room here. All right. Uh, lastly, if you were watching the grand introduction of my, my colleague, my friend, uh, the Honorable Marsha Fudge, uh, she walked up into that press conference, that White House press conference. And, and let me just back up a little bit. For, for those of you who don't know, uh, Ms. Fudge is, is the secretary, U.S. secretary of urban housing and development uh, for the Biden-Harris administration. So she oversees all of the housing and development throughout the country. Uh, and she had her very first White House press conference. And like any black woman, okay, 
she walks in that room strutting getting ready uh but she gives her salutation and there was silence and so she was just like uh excuse me good morning and everybody good morning good morning good morning and that made headlines throughout every news media platform and we're just so honored uh that she got the press together period uh so um we are just excited about what um she has uh, to offer in her leadership to uh, helping our communities get back on their right footing with respect to housing uh there was millions of dollars if not billion with a b uh, that will support many states and municipalities as we all are coming out of the pandemic uh, so uh, the the good u.s secretary has been invited to be a part of uh, this show as you can imagine her calendar is extremely stacked uh, but we do have an invitation and uh, she will be on soon uh, so I am just honored, y'all. I think this is what, the 12th show uh, or the 11th? Yeah. So uh, special thanks to my team uh, who continue to believe in me and believe in all of us here inside the room. I wanna thank our sponsor for the evening. Um, I would take off the hat just to kind of show you, but I don't want y'all to see the hair under here. But nonetheless, to Jaws Barbershop. Uh, he's the guy who keeps me fresh. And Jaws, J-A-W-S, stands for Just Another Way We Survive. And so I'm so excited that I'm able to kind of rock your hats, man. And hopefully those of you who are watching and you want to step your hat game up, hit them up. JawsBarbershop.com. So again, thank you so much for joining me, Brandon McGee, inside the room as we continue to uplift and educate our communities. Until next time, I'll